3: Good Monday morning, and there is new chaos in the Middle East. Hundreds of thousands, including Americans, desperate to flee. It is October 16th. Good morning. This is Today. Breaking overnight, preparing to strike. Israel readies its major offensive into Gaza. The U.S. pushing for the safe exit of Americans and a way in for much-needed aid. Just ahead, the president's caution to Israel about Gaza and his warning to Iran not to get involved.
4: Don't, 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 don't.
3: We're live on the front lines. On alert, US officials warning of increasing potential for terror attacks in this country. And in Illinois, a man is arrested for the brutal stabbing of a six-year-old Muslim boy. We'll have the very latest on the war's effects here. Speaker's struggle, the House getting set again to vote on its next leader. Can Republicans find enough support for the party's latest nominee? We're live on Capitol Hill. Heading to court, Jorin Vandersloot set to face a judge in Alabama accused of extorting Natalie Holloway's family. Straight ahead, what we're learning about a possible plea deal that could lead to answers in her mysterious disappearance. Those stories, plus remembering Suzanne Somers, an icon of TV sitcoms, and the world of fitness. will celebrate the beloved actress and entrepreneur's life and career. And Taylor's World. The era's concert film crushes the box office with an opening weekend like no other. And it's on. Date night in New York City all but confirms the swift Kelsey romance today, Monday, October 16th. 2023
4: from nbc news this
2: is today with savannah guthrie and Hoda cutby live from studio 1a in rockefeller plaza
3: Everybody, good morning. Welcome to you today. Nice to see you on a Monday at And we're glad you started your week with us. we're going to begin again in the Middle East and the scramble to get people out of Gaza ahead of that possible Israeli ground invasion. This, by the way, is a live look
5: at the Rafa crossing. It's at the southern part of Gaza into Egypt. And this morning,
3: American citizens are among those who have now waited for days to cross into that border. And at the port of Haifa in northern Israel, a ship is set to evacuate U.S. nationals to the island of Cyprus. In the meantime, a State Department spokesperson now says the number of Americans killed has risen to 30. There are 13 others unaccounted for.
5: All of this comes as President Biden delivers a new warning to Israel against occupying
3: Gaza, saying it would be, quote, a big mistake. There's a lot to cover, including rising security concerns here in the U.S. We'll begin with NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel, who is once again along the Israel Gaza border. Richard, good morning to you.
2: Good morning. Fears of a regional conflict are growing. This morning, Israel ordered the evacuation of 28 communities along its northern border with Lebanon, waiting for a way out of the war zone. Palestinians with foreign passports, including hundreds of American citizens, are gathered this morning at the Rafah border crossing into Egypt. They're tired and anxious after days of false starts. Militarily, Israeli troops are ready to attack and are lined up on the border with Gaza. But after appearing imminent, Israel seems to be taking its time as diplomacy moves to center stage and amid quiet, back-channel negotiations to free the hostages captured by Hamas. Israel today said 199 hostages, more than previously announced, were taken into Gaza. Their relatives have been appealing to Hamas to show humanity. The group even kidnapped babies. I don't know if he got his food, his formula. Israeli officials say airstrikes in Gaza won't stop until Hamas is driven from power completely but that could be difficult without israel reoccupying the gaza strip and imposing a new government for two million people president biden on 60 minutes advised against that
4: i think it'd be a big mistake look what happened in gaza in my view is hamas and the extreme elements of Hamas don't represent all the palestinian people
2: in gaza the humanitarian crisis is worsening Around 600,000 Palestinians have followed Israel's orders, according to the Israeli army, to evacuate northern Gaza, which is expected to bear the brunt of an Israeli ground assault. But not everyone can leave, like the 22 children at an orphanage in Gaza City our crew visited. Twelve of the children here are disabled. They're being cared for now by only two adults after the rest of the staff left for safer areas. Ayas is nine years old, he's blind and has profound disabilities. Maria is seven years old and can only scoot. These children can't get out of the way of a coming ground war. Many Palestinians have been frightened to leave northern Gaza after an explosion on Friday killed 70 people as they were trying to make it to safety. Over the weekend, Israel said it wasn't responsible for that attack, that it didn't carry out any airstrikes. It accused Hamas of planting a bomb in the road in order to deliberately kill civilians to prevent them from leaving northern Gaza so they would stay in the area to be human shields.
3: Richard, thank you very much. Let's bring in Jeremy Bash. He was chief of staff at both the Defense Department and CIA and NBC News analyst, retired Admiral James Stavridis, the former Supreme Allied Commander of NATO. Good morning to both of you. It is so heartbreaking to see the situation unfolding in this area. Admiral, it seems that these Israeli forces have been poised quite literally at the border, waiting to go in for several days, but there seems to be a pause. How do you explain that?
6: Uh, First, it is an enormous and complex operation, so I'm not surprised the Israelis are really taking their time. They've got 350,000 troops mobilized Savannah. As a point of comparison, in Afghanistan, we had 150,000, so it's a big military operation. But I think more importantly, what you're seeing is the Israelis doing everything they can to minimize collateral damage to ensure that the Gazan population has the maximum amount of time possible to get out of Gaza City. As Richard said, 600,000 have already done so. I think Israel would be glad to give another day and see another 200,000, 300,000 get out.
3: Yeah, but the flip side of that, Jeremy, is that that gives, of course, Hamas time to prepare prepare as well and to literally go underground.
7: Yeah, and Hamas has literally taken care of their own people. They've put their family in safe places and they've told the Gazans there, stay put because effectively they want human shields. I agree with Admiral Stavridis this can be a very complex operation for Israel, it's going to be intelligence driven, going after targets, looking for Hamas leaders, weapons, caches, rocket factories. What
3: about the humanitarian situation? Because, of course, there's two, there's two ways in and out of Gaza. One is to Israel. That is shut off. The other is via Egypt. Egypt has not said it wants to open the Rafa gates to have a flood of refugees. So what are the Gazans supposed to do? They, they literally have nowhere to go.
7: Nowhere to go. Egypt is the contiguous, la- contiguous land border there. If they can get through the Rafa crossing Egypt could take care of several hundred thousand of these Palestinian refugees and allow humanitarian assistance in. The U.S. is pressing the Egyptian government hard to do this. So far, they have not said yes.
3: Well, let's talk about the U.S. pressure, Admiral, because uh, it's something you're, you know very well. These carrier groups have been now brought to bear into this region. Uh, just the announcement of another group, Eisenhower, the uh, carrier group, to be stationed there. What is the? It's not just a symbolic show of force. What is the mission there?
6: Um, first of all yes i commanded uh, enterprise carrier strike group very similar to this each one of these strike groups we have ford and eisenhower named for two american presidents will be on station together very shortly ike eisenhower is on the way the mission would be to go after hamas excuse me to go after hezbollah If Iran gave the green light to Hezbollah to begin launching missiles to the south, mission one, deter Iran, go after Hezbollah if necessary. Mission two, pretty obviously, American hostages. Um, If there is something the Israelis need us to do, we would do it in support of hostage rescue that includes American Savannah.
3: How about Iran, Jeremy? I mean, pretty scary rhetoric coming out of the regime. The National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan suggesting they haven't seen actions, overt actions from Iran yet meddling. And we've heard the president's warning, don't do it.
7: Yeah, but there has been skirmishes along Israel's northern border and the Israeli towns and cities are being evacuated by the IDF. So there are civilians on the move on both sides of the border. If Hezbollah unleashes a fury of rockets on central Israel, you can expect israelis to retaliate and the americans will be ready
3: and quickly what of the hostages 199 hostages including americans still there
7: elderly disabled infants we have no playbook for this they may be underground we've never had to support an ally fighting a war underground
3: admiral stivridis and jeremy bash thank you for both uh for your perspective this morning
5: We saw an emotional homecoming overnight for more than 270 Americans just evacuated from Israel. They were flown to Tampa, Florida, and this morning they are opening up about their experiences. NBC's Dasha Burns joins us now with more on all this. Hi, Dasha. Good morning.
0: Hey, Hoda, good morning, that's right, and look, most major airlines canceled flights in and out of Israel after those Hamas attacks. But here in Florida, the DeSantis administration launched evacuation operations, and last night we met with folks who finally made it home, and we heard their stories. Today, more than
8: 270 Americans evacuated from Israel are back in the United States arriving in Tampa overnight on the first flight to return to the U.S. in an
0: operation organized by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. It's very emotional to be here, to be away from all of that. Ninety-one of the passengers arriving last night were children. These kids are
7: having to dodge rockets. These kids are having terrorists come after them. Not the way this world should be.
8: The Gobioffs spent much of the last week huddled in a Jerusalem bomb shelter with their toddler.
0: Can you describe the level of fear right now, the level of fear that you had while you were in Israel and the level of fear in your community? So uh, on a physical sense,
6: uh, we're very thankful that we're here. We are very blessed that we had a governor. We have Hashem that got us here. I mean, God took care of everything. But uh, on on an emotional level, it is very overwhelming to be in a situation where you have a fear of your life.
8: For many, the homecoming is joyful, but the heartache isn't over. Liat Paradise was in Tel Aviv when the war began.
3: It's just, it's so much heartbreak to leave everything so so suddenly and, and everything you love. And I haven't gotten to say goodbye to a single person. I'm worried, you know, all of my friends are out there serving. My cousin is on the front lines in Gaza, you know. <laughs>
0: as we heard from those folks, a lot of Americans still stranded. there having a hard time making their way out of the country. Now, this operation was all part of an executive order allowing the state of Florida to carry this out. It was part of a partnership with Project Dynamo, which is a veteran-led search and rescue nonprofit. More flights are expected today and throughout the week, bringing Americans home to the state hold up
3: all right dasha burns for us there in tampa dasha thank you as the war escalates in the middle east president biden is warning of an increased threat of terrorism here in the u.s and as security is ramped up here we have also seen tensions and protests erupt in cities across the country nbc stephanie gosk is covering that angle of the story for us this morning stephanie good morning
0: Savannah, good morning. You know, the the security concerns are really mounting on two fronts. On the one hand, law enforcement is concerned that terror groups might use this opportunity to stage attacks here. They are also concerned that the anger that is mounting in this country could turn into violence. A six-year-old Palestinian-American boy was stabbed to death in his home in Illinois. Police in that state saying they believe it is a hate crime. This morning, rising safety concerns here in the U.S. There's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats. FBI Director Christopher Wray asking for vigilance, warning Hamas and other groups could exploit the conflict in the Middle East to plot attacks here in the United States. While concerns rise that anger here at home may be spilling into violence. In Illinois, a Palestinian-American boy is dead and his mother is in serious condition. Police say a landlord repeatedly stabbed the Muslim family renting his home in a deadly attack related to the Israel-Hamas war. Six-year-old Wadia al-Fayoumi was killed.
3: The females claiming that the landlord has the child in another room and apparently is either stabbing or has stabbed the child.
0: Seventy-one-year-old Joseph Zuba is now behind bars, facing murder and hate crime charges. For Wadia's father and cousin, the grief is overwhelming.
8: Wadia was such an intelligent boy. He, he was a sweetheart. He just he loved his iPad. He, he loved games. He loved watching like cartoons. He he,
0: he was our world.
4: He's like a dream. I still didn't believe my son is gone.
0: It comes as law enforcement nationwide has stepped up security at Jewish places of worship. There's a lot of fear. There's fear now more than ever since the Holocaust. Since Hamas terrorists attacked Israel more than a week ago, reports of anti-Semitic incidents have spiked nearly 300 percent compared to the same week last year, according to the Anti-Defamation League. Over the weekend, tens of thousands rallied in cities from coast to coast, holding solidarity marches and vigils for the victims in Israel. We are
6: protesting. We're walking proudly with the star of David.
0: Pro-Palestinian supporters also taking to the streets. Marchers in Atlanta demanding an end to the violence. We want to stop this. President Biden reacted to that terrible stabbing in Illinois of the little boy, saying, in his words, a, calling it a horrific act of hate that has no place in America. Savannah?
3: our demon fathom. Stephanie, thank you very much. We do have a lot more to get
5: to, including the search for the next speaker of the House. Republicans now aiming to hold a floor vote tomorrow. But here's the question. Can they drum up enough support for the newest nominee, NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Haig joins us with the latest. Garrett, how uh, optimistic are Republicans about this?
9: Well, Hoda, they're optimistic they can get started, but maybe not optimistic that they can finish this process tomorrow. Now, when lawmakers left town on Friday, there were still roughly 50 Republicans who said they were not prepared to support their nominee, Jim Jordan, if that vote went to the floor. He can only afford to lose four. Now, Jordan has the support of former President Trump and the party's right wing, but some of the more moderate Republican members say they don't trust him and that Jordan's high pressure campaign online and on conservative media may be pushing those lawmakers is even further away from him. We'll, we'll get a better idea about all of this when lawmakers come back into town tonight.
5: OK, so, Garrett, what happens if the, the Republicans fail on this one?
9: <clears throat> <clears throat> well, there is no consensus plan for the next step forward. Some Republicans may want to just keep failing, just keep holding votes to try to keep the pressure up. I think it's also possible we'll see still more Republican candidates step forward as potential speakers. And then there's the Democratic side of this. Leader Hakeem Jeffries said on Meet the Press yesterday... The Democrats would potentially be willing to help, possibly in exchange for concessions, like making it easier to take up bipartisan bills. And that would include legislation like aid to Israel, which the White House is expected to formally request this week, which Congress can't do anything about until they solve this speaker's mess now nearly two weeks in.
3: How All right. Garrett Force here at the Capitol. Garrett, thank you. 17 minutes after the hour, let us get our first check of the weather from yeah. Mr. Sunshine. Good
4: morning, ladies, and good morning to you. Hope you had a good weekend and starting your week off right. Well, if you're in the Plains, it's a chilly start to the week. Frost and freeze advisories, freeze warnings as well. Garden City, it's 30. Kansas City, 39. 43 in St. Louis. Davenport, Iowa, 39 degrees. Jet stream way up to the north, out west. So look at this. Billings, you're 77 today. 85 in L.A. Phoenix, 102, but Little Rock, 66 degrees. That's 8 degrees cooler than average. Cincinnati, 55, 11 degrees cooler. That continues tomorrow. Norfolk, 66. Atlanta, below average. Same in Lafayette. But Albuquerque, Phoenix, Pierre, Salt Lake City, all above average. And as we head toward the end of the week, it stays chilly. Chicago, Friday, you're 57. New York City, mid-60s. Houston, though, mid-80s. Oklahoma City into the low 80s. And out west, Phoenix, flirting with triple digits right on into the early part of this weekend. And that's your latest weather, guys.
3: All right, Al, thank you. Still ahead. New developments tied to the Natalie Holloway case, the main suspect in her disappearance and murder now preparing to face a judge here in the U.S. Sam Brock's got the story.
10: Yeah, Savannah, after nearly two decades of not knowing what happened to Natalie Holloway, a possible plea deal in court this week, according to the Holloway family attorney, could shed some light on those questions. However, Savannah, it is all about what this deal is based upon, the contingency. What is it? That story's coming up next.
5: All right, Sam, plus the tributes pouring in for Suzanne Summer who waged a decades-long battle against breast cancer, will celebrate the beloved actress and fitness entrepreneur's life and legacy on what would have been her 77th birthday. But first, this is Today on NBC.
11: When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed.
3: we welcome you to the table too good morning well first this half hour new details tied to the natalie holloway case the alabama teen vanished nearly 20 years ago now while on a high school graduation trip in aruba now it appears the main suspect in her disappearance will accept a plea
5: deal for trying to extort the holloway family nbc sam brock joins us now with more on this hey sam good morning
10: yeah, Hoda Savannah, Chanel, good morning. The Holloway family's longtime attorney tells us the court this week will consider a plea deal that requires der Vandersloot to provide federal authorities with information about how Natalie Holloway died and the manner in which her body was disposed of. But here's the key. The U.S. Attorney's Office and the public defenders representing Vandersloot right now have not confirmed that information. But guys, there is a plea and sentencing hearing scheduled for this Wednesday with Vandersloot in just two days Der <laughs> Vandersloot will appear in an Alabama courtroom once again the prime suspect in Natalie Holloway's disappearance for years Vandersloot has never been charged with her murder but he was extradited to the U.S. months ago accused of attempting to extort the Holloway family Vandersloot pleaded not guilty but according to the Holloway family attorney the court will consider a plea deal this week with a major contingency
4: It was conditioned upon uh, Mr. Vandersleuth revealing details of how Natalie died and how her body was disposed of.
10: No government officials have confirmed this information to NBC News. Kelly expects Vandersloot's detailed narrative of how Natalie died to be revealed after court this week. But much remains under wraps.
4: There won't be any further you know, investigation or search or anything like that, if that's what you're asking or Natalie's remains.
10: Back in 2010, federal prosecutors accused Vandersloot of attempting to extort a quarter of a million dollars from Holloway's mother, Beth, for information about how her daughter died. Kelly says the Dutch National later agreed to reveal the location of Natalie's remains in Aruba in exchange for a $25,000 payment. The information proved false. In June, federal agents transported Vandersloot to Birmingham, Alabama, from Peru, where he was serving a 28-year sentence for killing college student Stephanie Flores. It's believed Vandersloot was one of the last people to see Holloway alive. On the 10-year anniversary of Natalie's disappearance, Beth Holloway telling Savannah she was still seeking justice for her daughter.
12: Until Iran faces the extortion charges in the U.S.,
3: then justice is not being served for Natalie.
10: According to Kelly that justice can never be fully delivered, but relief from a decades-long legal process could be coming.
5: So we know, Sam, that VanderSloot changes his story. He's done that time and time again. So how confident is the Holloway family this time around?
10: Yeah, Hoda, apparently pretty confident. I asked that question to Mr. Kelly, representing the family. He said there's no doubt there are credibility issues here, especially since VanderSloot has changed his story, as you suggest. He said at least seven times over the course of the last couple of decades. However, what Mr. Kelly told me was that this deal is contingent upon the FBI corroborating the information that Vander der Sloop provided, which is to say they think it is legitimate. Now, I did find it interesting that he also told me they're no longer conducting a search for her remains. What was the point then of getting that information specifically? He said that will all come to light after court, and he is expecting Beth, her mother, to speak following those proceedings mm-hmm. oh,
5: okay all right sam brock forest here in miami sam thank you mm-hmm.
3: still ahead we'll go inside the game with three of the most dedicated workers in the nfl ticket takers at the bill stadium who have been on the job for half a century and counting oh plus we're going to remember the trailblazing life and career of suzanne summers from her iconic roles in hollywood to that health and fitness empire boy she was ahead of the mm-hmm. curve but
1: first these messages
2: And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
1: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with a limited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid and limited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
5: with a true icon, 738. We're remembering Suzanne Somers. She
3: became a star in the 1970s on the hit si- sitcom Three's Company and then channeled her fame into another successful career in business. NBC's Ann Thompson is here with a look back at her mm. remarkable life. Hi, Ann, good morning. Good morning, S- uh, Savannah. It truly was a remarkable life. Suzanne
12: Summers became a household name for her memorable TV roles, but she was also a prolific author, an entrepreneur and a champion of women's health and fitness. After a long battle with an aggressive form of breast cancer, she died surrounded by her family just one day before her 77th birthday. A TV icon of the 70s, Suzanne Somers mastered the ditzy blonde. Oh boy, you really loused up that toast. It's not my fault. Eleanor
0: didn't leave the recipe.
12: (laughs) But behind the giggles was a savvy businesswoman, workout icon, and health and anti-aging advocate. Summers made us laugh for decades as the country fell in love with the effervescent Chrissy Snow. This will be fine. What is it?
1: We use it to clean the sink. (laughs)
6: helping
12: turn Three's company into a blockbuster success. Her run not closing with a storybook ending. After Summer's telling us here on Today, she was fired for demanding to be paid as much as popular male TV stars.
2: It was very painful for me because I never meant to leave that show, but you know, in retrospect, the greatest thing that happened to me was getting fired from that show.
12: In the 90s, she would find TV success again as the quirky mom-next-door Carol Lambert on ABC's Step by Step. Give us all a chance to be together as a family and
0: talk. Whatever. Yeah, all right, right.
12: <laughs> Acting would be the springboard for a lucrative business career. With her husband, Alan Hamill, they hit the jackpot, selling the thigh master and reinventing herself into a health and fitness guru. Summers also fought cancer, battling an aggressive form of breast cancer for more than 20 years. The diagnosis is one thing, but when they take the bandages off and all the women out there who've been through that as well as I have, it's... It's, it's a constant reminder. First diagnosed in 2000, this July summer shared on social media it had returned. But she always remained positive, writing, I know how to put on my battle gear and I'm a fighter. She dedicated her later life to helping women look and feel their best, writing more than 20 books and causing some controversy as she embraced alternative medicine. No. The constant in her life, her husband of more than 40 years... Alan Hamill. I like the way I look. I like the way I feel. I like my life. You like like your husband? I really
1: really like my husband. No wonder I'm happy.
12: (laughs) Fans and friends paying tribute to Summers. Barry Manilow writing on Instagram, Suzanne and I were friends for decades. She was the sister I never had and my close confidant forever. A longtime friend of today, Summers always knew how to make us laugh.
0: (laughs) I'm a really fun woman to live with. I wake up happy almost
11: every day.
12: Now, this morning, Joyce DeWitt, Summer's co-star on Three's Company, is also reacting to the loss, saying, I'm sure Suzanne was greeted by angels and to the loving wisdom waiting for all of us on the other side. And I hope that will assist her family's hearts in healing as they travel through this difficult time. I
5: mm-hmm. mean, She was so far ahead of her time. I mean, the fact yeah. that she ended up getting fired from her job because she demanded equal pay. I know, what mm. a concept. Way yeah, ahead yeah. of her time. And also, I was just remembering when you're showing those clips, every time she came to the studio, her husband Alan was with her. And that little kiss that you saw yeah. right there, that happened behind the scenes, on the
3: side. was <laughs> so the <it's a> real deal. <laughs>
5: such Aww. a beautiful love story.
12: Yeah. So. There's a wonderful picture of her. He's holding her, and she just has this expression yeah on her face it's
3: so genuine. Yes. Yeah. Love. Love that. And yeah, thank you. A nice tribute. Mr. Roker.
4: She lit up the studio mm-hmm. every time she was here. We always felt better after mm-hmm. she left. I mean, she was just wonderful. She will be missed. Well, let's take a look at what we've got going on in the Northeast. We've got still a pockets of light rain this morning as low pressure moves away and some breezy conditions up to 25 miles per hour. You go to the Pacific Northwest, we're looking at showers expanding as another system comes onshore. Could be upwards of four inches of rain from Seattle on to Medford, Oregon. So we're going to be watching that. And in the tropics, we've got Invest Area 94L, a 70 percent chance of development in the next seven days could be threatening the Leeward Islands and on into Puerto Rico. We'll watch that closely also. And that is your latest weather, guys.
5: All right, Al, thank you. Uh, Coming up next, Inside Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's very busy weekend here in New York, including a surprise visit on SNL, plus the record-smashing debut of her concert film. A lot going on for Taylor, coming up right after this.
3: Guys, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, well, they were busy this weekend. Oh, lucky for us, Emily Akeda is here to walk us through it all. Good morning to you. Um, Good morning.
8: It's the assignment that keeps on getting high know <laughs> It was a whirlwind of a weekend for us Swifties. Between the premiere of the Eras Tour concert film and the debut of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey walking hand in hand here in New York, it seems the stars aren't looking to shake off those dating rumors anytime soon. Call it what you want, but Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are making sparks fly. We love you so much. Overnight, the pair spotted out for dinner in New York City after Kelsey showed up solo to the Eagles-Jets game earlier in the day to watch his big brother Jason play. Swift and Kelsey both also made surprise cameos during the season premiere of Saturday Night Live, with Kelsey poking fun at the NFL, swooning over Swift.
0: When we get back, we are going to speak with someone who actually
4: wants to talk. Football.
0: Yes!
8: (laughs) Later, the 12-time Grammy winner introducing friend and fellow musician Ice Spice. That same night, Tavis stepped out in style, walking hand-in-hand for an apparent dinner date. This weekend, the first time the two have been seen together in public since Swift first cheered on the Chiefs' tight end last month. Since then, rooting on the team alongside famous friends and, of course, Mama Kelsey. It comes as Swift's Eras tour movie is enchanting audiences worldwide, first premiering in Los Angeles last Wednesday, before turning screenings into an all-out dance party. Early estimates show the concert film has already raked in nearly nine figures in its opening weekend, making it the highest-grossing concert film ever in the U.S. in a mere few days. CNBC reports theaters will take 43% of the proceeds, while the remaining 57% will be split between AMC and Swift herself. That's thanks to a rare deal she made directly with the theater giant.
6: They thought they could do it themselves without all the expense involved with the studio for making the movie distributing it and they thought they could do it much more quickly
8: now with the box office blowout and an ongoing record-breaking tour it seems taylor can add mvp to her reputation most valuable pop star and fans will be on Taylor Watch for only a few more Chiefs games before her schedule is really about to fill up. The Eras tour heads to South America in just over three weeks as her run of sold-out shows continues. Guys, and as promised, I brought back friendship oh, bracelets. Oh, wait, bring them over hey, here. Okay. Bring them over here. Okay, okay here we go. She wants to hey. trade. We didn't no. wear oh, we didn't oh, have that's anything. So, that's oh, okay. Wait, wait. No, I, I've just brought them back for you. Here we go. Oh, oh thank okay. no, you. Oh, oh, okay. wait, wait. No, I think my daughter wore all of mine to the Ares concert. Thank you. That was one. There
3: you go. That was
5: nice. Emily, just want to let you know i took my daughters on sunday and because you saw taylor swift at your concert they yeah. wanted to know why she wasn't in the Where's front row taylor? of ours yeah. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. i thought I they wanted that. to see emily well
4: they, yeah. emily. Yeah. they really want to see <laughs> taylor. thank you, emily. Thanks, Thanks,
5: guys. you by the way can i just say something Lookie? who's in our studio our friend jada pinkett smith live we're going to talk to her about the reaction she's getting to the revelation shared in our exclusive conversation we'll have more with jada coming up